Welcome to episode 11 of our summary series where we go over Internal Family Systems Therapy 2nd Edition by Richard Schwartz and Martha Sweezy. We are on chapter 11, which is all about changing protector polarizations. So in this chapter, we're really going to get into how to manage, how to look at, how to understand when protectors are polarized with each other. Richard Schwartz talks about how some of our most important work really focuses on changing the relationships between and among parts. And polarizations among parts are incredibly common. There's hardly a system that doesn't have those. So what happens is that burdens bring about polarizations. What happens is that when the system gets unbalanced because of some external event or possibly some internal event, the members of that system are going to try to reestablish a kind of homeostasis. And so what, what happens is that there can be increasing polarization. If that leads to the self being occluded, if it leads to protectors taking over the system, blending, getting in charge, then you can have this unbalance. You can have parts moving to more extreme roles within the system. And that's not the optimal way for the person to function. So what we're looking for is for the self to reestablish, maybe for the first time in a long while, its role of leading and guiding and governing the system. Because as long as the self is unable to protect the system, as long as it can't help the traumatized parts, other parts are going to step in, other parts are going to take over the role of directing, and they can become very overprotective They can, with their limited vision, engage in ways of managing that are counterproductive, that are maladaptive, even though they have good intentions. So what do we do as IFS therapists when there's a polarity? What are we we looking at? What are we trying to understand? What are we trying to to, um, bring about? Well, when we notice that there's polarization happening in the client system, we want to find out how these protector parts are activating each other. We wonder what would happen, what they fear would be the outcome if they stepped back, if they didn't do those jobs, if they didn't quarrel or fight with each other. What would be the result of that? And that often comes down to there being an exile or perhaps a legacy burden. All right, so polarized protectors, they've got a shared issue, the vulnerability of an exile that threatens to overwhelm the system. But the protectors are in conflict about how best to deal with that situation. They're at odds with each other. And a manager that becomes extreme in one direction is pushing that agenda is going to often be counterbalanced by a manager that's pushing its agenda in an opposite direction. Alternatively, what can come up is a firefighter that polarizes with a manager. That's a very common polarization as well. So what do we do to help protectors calm down? What do we do to help protectors de-escalate so that they can be less activated and the system can be more stable? 
Well, the first thing that's important is for the therapist not to take sides. And unfortunately, this happens a lot. Sometimes therapists will take the side of a protector whose position the therapist thinks is more reasonable. So we don't want to take sides because we don't really understand what's happening in the system necessarily. And we don't necessarily understand the motives for why protectors are doing what they're doing. So we ask parts to meet each other. We ask them to look at what they have in common. We find that common ground. We ask them to stay trusting of the self, particularly trusting of the self to take care of the exile that they have been working so hard to protect. If they agree to that, we can introduce them to the client's self. And after meeting the self, sometimes they will just calm down immediately. Sometimes they recognize the goodness that is there they recognize the intrinsic qualities of the self. They're open to that. But sometimes it takes multiple sessions. It could take a long time for that to happen. Sometimes the self can build that trust with the protectors uh, around like a conference table. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Sometimes the self has to work with protectors individually and establish more of a relationship of trust before they can go on. So the therapist's job in a situation in which we have polarizations among protectors is to bring those protectors into contact with the self, to have the parts unblend from the self and have the protectors become more and more familiar with the self and its qualities that help to lead the system. Once the parts come together with that common goal of helping an exile, with a common goal of protecting an exile, but seeing that there can be different ways to think about this, different ways to go about it, and if they're open to that idea of the self-leading, then we're into an entirely different paradigm of how to work with this. So sometimes we have these tensions like I've been discussing in a triangle, right? Two protectors, one exile, exile is often hidden, the protectors are battling it out between each other because they have different ideas about what's going to be helpful. Then we have to actually get both protectors to step back so that the self can care for the exile, so that the exile can be healed, ultimately unburdened, so that the protectors are free to have entirely different roles within the system and not be burdened by the role of having to protect the exile. It's a little simpler when we have tension between a protector and an exile. In that case, we just need to be able to have the protector step back so that the self can reach out to the exile and provide the exile with what it needs. That's how that works within IFS. And one interesting thing here on page 156 is that if you ask a part who it protects and the part responds, no one, then you know you're dealing with an exile. So when parts are in these stubborn polarizations, where they seem incalcitrant, when they seem dug in into their positions, right? Sometimes we can encourage a simultaneous unblending where parts are willing to step back all at the same time, all willing to lower their guns at the same time, if you will. We can suggest that each part be given the opportunity to do more individual work. If that simultaneous unblending doesn't seem possible, then we encourage the parts to work individually with the client's self. Sometimes we can have the other parts present during those meetings so that the parts can learn about other parts as they do that individual work with the self. We want to keep the parts engaged. We want to stay with it. 
we want to present the expectation. We want to convey the confidence that we will find a way forward through this, that parts will find a way forward through this if they stay with it and if they are open to listen to each other, especially under the guidance of the self. If it's difficult, there are some questions that Schwartz and Sweezy have to help understand what's going on within the polarization. And I'm just going to read these on page 158 verbatim because I can't improve on them. And I think there would be losses if I were to try to trans- transliterate them into some other form. But I really like them the way that they're written. So here are five questions that are helpful for parts that are caught up in these polarizations. Who has been taking the most leadership? Who has been helping whom? Who is in conflict with whom? Who is most upset? What does everyone think needs to happen today? Oftentimes, we're going to look at which part is the most dug in, which part is the most extreme in terms of its position. That's a clue to start with that particular part. If parts are like still locked in combat, sometimes we can bring them to face each other and to look at each other in the presence of the client's self. And if this is not possible because the client just doesn't have enough self-energy, you can also do this through direct access. Here are some more questions from page 158 to help unpack these polarities. Who is upset by this discussion? Who might be inclined to interfere with this decision, right? So this is after there's been a decision about how to help the exile. Who wants to follow through with this decision? And how would you all prefer to relate with each other going forward? One really interesting thing that Schwartz and Sweezy mention also on page 158 is that as parts get more familiar with working with each other, The self doesn't always have to be there to mediate every situation that arises. Parts, especially if they're connected, they're more integrated, they have access to self-energy, can work these things out on their own. The main thing for us to remember as clinicians is that it's not for us to be making judgments about which part in a polarity has the high ground or has the best ideas and to side with that part. Our job is to remain very impartial to remain present to all parts, to hold on to that neutrality, not a distant neutrality, but an engaged neutrality so that we can find out what would happen if the parts were to give up that polarity, if they were to become less extreme in their roles, if they were to no longer do those jobs, then what would happen? Because what that's going to do is reveal the exile. And that's really what ultimately is driving the energy of the polarity the intensity of the polarity is that exile. So if we can unburden that exile, then the protectors can give up their jobs. They can move to different roles within the system and there can be greater harmony and greater self-energy within the system. So that is all that I have in my summary on changing protector polarizations. I am looking forward to seeing you on the other side when we get to chapter 12, which is all about unburdening exiles. So we'll see you then.